ABF Creative. ABF Creative. Oliver, you've got no idea how long I've been meaning to tidy this place up. Excuse you? I haven't been lazy. There was no sense in cleaning out cabins that no one uses. And now that the kids started showing up, I finally have a reason to. <laughs> huh? They're here already. <laughs> well, look at that. You kids sure have great timing. We were just talking about you. All good things, of course. <laughs> How about y'all give me a hand? <laughs> I could use one. What's this? A leather-bound journal. <sighs> huh. There's tons of entries about camp life here. Wait a minute. There's bound to be some clues on how I can escape. <laughs> There's a name scribbled on the back. Sarah Woods. Hmm. Wait a minute. I remember that name. Sarah was a counselor who had a cabin right on the outskirts of Camp Redrum. Shoot! I'll tidy up later. Hey kids, change of plans. <laughs> Let's go check out that old cabin of Sarah's and see if there's anything useful in there. And I'll tell y'all another story on the way. How's that sound? Great. Now let's hurry before it gets dark. We don't want to run into all the creepy crawlies and whatnot. Speaking of creepy crawlies, I've got a great story for you today. I guarantee it'll send shivers down all your spines. <laughs> don't say I didn't warn you. <laughs> steps as the school bus rumbled away. What's this? She asked out loud, noticing the small box on her doorstep. For me? Delighted, she grabbed the box and looked it over to see who it was from. That's weird. Sakani said out loud, realizing there was no return address. There was only a stamp with the Guyana flag on it. Maybe it's from a family member. Sakani thought. After all, she did have family from Guyana and used to receive small gifts from them when she was younger. Sakani's braids bounced as she raced up the stairs to her bedroom. She slammed the door shut and threw her book bag onto the floor. She tore into the box and lifted the lid, revealing. Nestled in a nest of tissue paper was a small black doll with curly hair. Carefully taking the doll out of the box, Sakani smiled. This doll looked so much like the ones she had when she was a very young girl. She smoothed the doll's checkered dress, arranged its curly hair, and set it on the shelf over her desk, the doll's hands resting in its lap. 
Homework time, Sakani told the doll, smiling at the familiar feeling of talking to a doll, just like she used to do. As Sakani retrieved her books from her bag and spread them over her desk, she glanced with a start at the doll. What is that? Sakani said out loud, reaching up to touch the doll's outstretched right hand, which she now saw had the number three written on its palm. Strange? Sakani murmured, staring at the doll for a long moment before going back to her work. During dinner with her parents, Sakani excitedly told her mother and father all about the mysterious package and the adorable doll inside. After Sakani's father finished chewing his oxtail and mac and cheese, he asked, Connie, who is this doll from? I told you, Papa. I don't know who sent her, Sakani answered. She just showed up. Yes, but who... Dad started to ask. I don't know who sent her, Sakani interrupted, and then almost without thinking, she snapped. Why don't you ask her yourself? Sakani. Sorry, Sakani mumbled. She was sorry. She never talked back to her parents. She just hadn't been able to stop herself. After a long moment, Sakani wondered if she was about to be sent up to her room, but her father winked and said, I bet that doll would say one of your old relatives sent her. They think you still play with dolls. Enough, Sakani's mom said. Gifts from strangers are bad omens, Sakani. But mom, she's a doll, not a... Sakani started to object. Sakani's mom was serious. I don't want that doll inside my house. Tonight, when you take out the trash, that doll goes with it. And so does your attitude, young lady. Sakani looked to her dad for help, but he just raised his eyebrows and shrugged. Once her mom had made up her mind, there was no changing it. Later, as promised, Sakani went up to her room to retrieve the doll so she could throw her out. Standing in front of her bookshelf, looking at the doll's sweet face, its little hands outstretched, she didn't have the heart. How could a gift from Guyana be bad? Sakani whispered, taking the doll from the shelf and cradling it against her chest. Looking back at her bedroom door for a moment to be sure no one was there, Sakani set the doll back on the shelf. Just for tonight, she whispered. Tomorrow we will obey my parents. But morning came, and Sakani did not obey her parents. Instead of taking the doll from the shelf and bringing it out to the trash, Sakani hid it under her bed. Just for a little while, Sakani whispered, until they forget about you. It was then that she noticed the doll's right hand. The number three was gone, replaced by the number two. Sakani thought of her mother's words. Gifts from strangers are bad omens, Sakani. You're not bad, Sakani whispered to the doll. I know you're not. The next day of school dragged on and on. Sakani tapped her pencil on her notebook and watched the classroom clock, bored of fractions and least common denominators. 
Her mind kept drifting back to the doll and how small and lonely she had looked, laying under the bed. As Sakani wondered if she should go home sick, just to check on the doll, her gaze drifted out the window. What? Sakani whispered aloud, stealing a glance to where her teacher's back was turned at the chalkboard. Sakani slipped from her seat and hurried to the window. Standing in the empty playground of the kindergarten next door was a little girl in a checkered dress, her curly hair spilling over her shoulders. As Sakani watched, the little girl raised a small hand, holding up two fingers. Sakani fell back in surprise, knocking into a desk. Sorry. Sakani rushed out as her teacher and the rest of the class swung their heads to look at her. Sakani pointed at the window. There's a little girl. But when she looked back to the window, the girl was gone. Sakani didn't go home sick. She stayed in school, counting the minutes until she could burst through her front door, run up the stairs to her bedroom, and see her. Connie? Sakani's mother stood in the center of Sakani's bedroom, a furious look on her face. Why did I find this under your bed? She held the doll up by its feet. Don't! Sakani said, reaching out for the doll. You'll hurt her! Sakani's mom held the doll up and out of reach. This doll has bad juju written all over it. I told you to get rid of it and you disobeyed me. Sakani's mouth had gone dry. Her gaze was locked on the doll, its hand swinging as it dangled upside down in her mom's fist. The number two on its right palm had disappeared. Now the number read one. I'm throwing it out, Sakani's mom said. But... Sakani croaked, reaching up for the doll. Let me just say goodbye. Sakani's mother shook her head, marching past Sakani and down the stairs. Through her bedroom window, Sakani watched, flinching as she saw her mother throw the doll in the trash can, slamming the lid down as she did. What was that? Sakani asked later that night, startled awake by a sound at her window. Her face felt tight from dried tears, and her stomach rumbled. She'd refused to go downstairs for dinner. Slipping out of bed, Sakani padded to her window. In the darkness below, she could just make out a young girl in a checkered dress. Her arm pulled back as she threw another small stone that pinged off of Sakani's window. Sakani felt her stomach lurch with a mix of fear and excitement. It was the same little girl from the playground. Almost without thinking, she opened her window. Hi, Sakani whispered as she stuck her head out. Don't throw any more rocks, okay? (laughs) The little girl smiled and said, Come down. For a moment, it was like Sakani was sucked in by the girl's smile. She felt herself leaning further and further out the window until her foot slipped, and with a start, Sakani pulled herself back. Come down. Sakani heard the girl call again. Moments later, Sakani found herself on the street outside of her house, though she didn't remember leaving. She looked back to her front door, wondering vaguely if she should go back inside. She felt so... so strange. 
I want to be friends, came a voice next to Sakani. She turned and saw the little girl standing next to her. I want to be friends, Sakani echoed, though her voice did not sound like her own. I'm Sakani. I know, the girl said. I'm Brandy. Brandy slipped her hand into Sakani's and tugged, pulling her across the street and toward the dark woods. I feel so strange, Sakani said as they walked deeper into the woods. She kept forgetting what she was doing here. She looked down at the little girl holding her hand to ask if she remembered when she heard a familiar voice in her head. Gifts from strangers are bad omens, Sakani. Sakani wrenched her hand away from Brandy. Let, let me see your hand, Sakani demanded in a shaking voice. Brandy held her hand in a fist at the side of her checkered dress. Why? Brandy asked sweetly. You already know what you'll see. Sakani froze, watching in horror as Brandy raised her right fist and opened her hand, revealing the number one on her palm. My doll, Sakani whispered. Brandy's sweet smile turned into a sneer. I'm not the doll. Sakani stepped back as Brandy moved forward. You can run, but you can't hide, Brandy said, her voice shifting to a yell as Sakani turned to run. Your body will have my soul inside. No, Sakani screamed, falling to the ground, her feet somehow rooted to the ground. She watched in horror as Brandy began to circle her, the moonlight catching her eyes as they spun horribly in her head. The numbers on my hand you will come to understand, Brandy chanted as she walked. When the countdown is done, you will be the plastic one. What are you doing? Sakani's voice broke off. She blinked up at Brandy, the checkered dress gone, somehow replaced by Sakani's own pajamas, the curly hair now in familiar braids. The tiny girl on the ground could do nothing but watch as the giant girl in braids reached down and picked her up with one hand, dangling the tiny girl by the feet and swinging her as she walked through the woods. The tiny girl's body had gone rigid, but she could look up to see she was wearing a checkered dress. My name is Sakani, the giant girl said as she skipped happily out of the woods. My name is Sakani. 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 My name is... The tiny girl thought, struggling to finish her sentence as the giant girl flung her next to the trash can at the edge of the forest. My name was... Hey, Carmi, the sanitation worker called to his partner as he picked up the small doll in a checkered dress. I think we found a new mascot. Climbing back into the garbage truck, the worker took the gum out of his mouth, pressed it to the top of the dashboard, and sat the doll on top of it. It's your lucky day, doll face, Carmi said as he climbed into the driver's seat. Hey, why she got a three written on her hand? Well, that's the story, kids. What did you think? Was it too scary? <laughs> Oliver, nice of you to join us. Yes, you're right. We've arrived. 
Y'all see that cabin to the north right there? That's Sarah Wood's place. Really? Or rather, was. No one has lived there since 1982 or 1983. I can't fully remember. Yes, I know Oliver. I'm getting to that. Hush now. There's just one problem, kids. Um, I need y'all to go in for me. You see that patch of grass over there? If I cross it, I'll officially be stepping out of Camp Redrum territory. And whenever that happens, I somehow black out and wake up in my cabin hours later. Yep. Oliver's seen what happens when I try stepping out of Camp Redrum's boundaries. He says I blank out and mindlessly power walk my way back. Like I'm possessed of something. No wonder my leg always hurts so much after. So, here's what's gonna happen. I need y'all to go over there and try and find a way in. The doors and windows are old enough to give way, so I just try wiggling them open with a little force. Once you're in the cabin, take a look around and try and find something that looks like a clue. You got that? Thank you, kids. I appreciate the help. Go on now. I'll be right here. What are you giving me that look for, Oliver? Sure they'll find something. Look, you're really telling me that finding this journal was a coincidence? Don't be silly. It's a sign. Hey, kids. Find anything useful? What? Nothing at all? Not a secret doorway or anything? No glowing objects? Cryptic writing on a gum wrapper or something? I should have guessed. Thanks for the help though, kids. Let's head back. No point lingering around. And don't start with the I told you's, Oliver. Let it go. This way, kids. Blasted camp always gets my hopes up for no good reason. But if Redrum thinks it can break me, ha, I'll prove it wrong. Eli Jackson will get out. Mark his words. 